chapter 17 of the book of Dvarim, verse number 14, is the section in the Torah which describes the establishment of kingship and the rules the Torah sets out for the king. It begins with Kitavo El Aretz in verse number 14 of chapter 17. Asher Hashem Goecha Noten Luchal Virishtav Yashavta Ba, Viamarta Osimo Alai Melech, Pichol Hagoyim Asher Slivotai. If, after you have entered the land that the Lord God has assigned to you, taken possession of it, settled in it, you decide, I will set a king over me, as do all the nations about me. And the Torah says, Som Tosimo Echa Melech, you may, in fact, Set a king over yourself, over yourselves. Asher yivchar Hashem rohecha bo, one that God chooses. Mikerev achecha tosim olecha melech, lo tuchal watet olecha ish nachri ashalom yachichahu. So you're free to set a king over yourselves, one chosen by God. Be sure to set a king over yourself, one of your own people. You must not set a foreigner over you, one who is not your kinsman. So the question that has been discussed by the various commentaries is what is the Torah's attitude towards kingship as reflected in these verses? Because the Torah sets it up by saying, if when you come into the land you say that you want to have a king, you may have a king. On the other hand, the Torah emphasized in verse 13, Som tosim you may certainly set a king upon, upon yourselves. Or maybe it means even you should. This is a debate. Now, what's interesting is that in the first verse, when you come into and you say, I will set upon myself a king as all the nations which are about me. As all the nations which are about me, in the Torah in general, and certainly in the book of Devarim, does not necessarily sound like this is a good thing. There's no sense whatsoever that the people of Israel should imitate the nations that are around them, quite the opposite. It's for this reason that some people think, both from the fact that it doesn't say set a king over yourselves if you say, that the Torah permits it, but the Torah does not necessarily encourage it. That's one way to read the text. The other way to read the text is quite the opposite, that the Torah thinks that king is a good thing, and the way to read these two verses is the following. If when you come into the land and you say, I will set for myself a king as all the nations that are about me, then the Torah says you may set a king, perhaps you should set a king over yourselves, but not like all the nations that are about you, rather one that God has chosen. Whether God has actually chosen the king through a prophet, or whether that God would approve of, that's an open question. But the point of it is that you may have a king, maybe you should have a king, there's something good about kingship, but that that's the problem. The king that you have has to be different. In point of fact, in the book of Shmuel, 1 Samuel, chapter 8, when the people ask for a king, there it says exactly, we want a king like all the nations that are around us. So there's something about that request which is very problematic. But it doesn't mean that kingship itself is problematic. In point of fact, if we look at the Torah, of course that 
precedes this fifth book. For example, in the book of Breshit, in the book of Genesis, both in terms of Avraham, Sarah, and Yaakov, in all three cases, twice in Genesis chapter 17, regarding Abraham and Sarah. And again in Genesis chapter 35, regarding Yaakov, God speaks to Abraham about himself and about Sarah. God speaks to Jacob in chapter 35 of Genesis and makes promises about the land and promises about kingship, both about Abraham and Sarah and Yaakov in chapter 35. And what's very striking is that these promises of kingship in Genesis 17 to Abraham and Sarah, blessing of kingship, and the blessing of kingship in chapter 35 to Yaakov are related to the change of the name of the person. Avram becomes Avraham, Sarai becomes Sarah, Yaakov becomes Yisrael, and in that context, the Torah mentions kingship. So it sounds like kingship is something, is a blessing. More than a blessing, it's part of, it's part of arriving at your destiny. There's something about it which is very positive. Now, if we ask ourselves the question, what is positive about kingship? We know, of course, the dangers of kingship. The Torah right here says, in our chapter, chapter 17, you may have a king, Rak, that the king, says the Torah, be sure that the king may not, king may not keep many horses, the king may not have too much money, the king may not have too many wives. The concern of the Torah is excess. The king may decide to take the kingship as an opportunity to serve his own purposes rather than the people's. But in addition to that, the Torah emphasizes he shouldn't have too many horses or send people back to Egypt to add to his horses. So the Torah mentions not just about excess, but the Torah mentions about the king connecting to the land of Egypt, to Mitzrayim. Now, that I think is very important in terms of understanding the nature of kingship, the positive side of kingship. The story of the Torah is the, the movement from slavery to freedom. Mitzrayim is the place where you have no choice. You have no autonomy. If you have no autonomy, you're not a full person. And you can't develop a full relationship to God or to, or to another person. So the idea of kingship, which is only found as an institution in the book of Devarim, is related to the idea of taking possession of your land, of having sovereignty, of having freedom. The people want a king. There's something positive about that in the sense that what the people may be saying is, we want to take responsibility for, for ourselves. Going back to Mitzrayim would be precisely the opposite. Be going back to a place we, we can take responsibility for ourselves. So that's what the Torah emphasizes over here. That the warning is not just about excess. The warning is the king may want to move you back in the wrong direction. But the positive side of kingship is that you are taking full responsibility for yourself. Then the Torah added, beginning in verse number 13, sorry, verse number 18, so 
מלפני הכהנים הלוויים. ואיתו אמו, וקרא בו כל ימי חייו, למען יומד וירא את השם אלוהיו ושמר את כל דברי התורה הזאת, ואת החוקים האלה לעשותם. So the king, we are told, when he sits on the throne, has to write a copy of this teaching of Mishneh Torah. It's not clear how much he has to write. Is he writing the book of Dvarim? Is he writing the whole Torah? It doesn't sound that way. Some think he's writing only the parasha of the Melech, this particular parasha, which would not be a long thing to write and would be easy to carry with you at all times. And the reason given is that the king should learn to fear God and to obey the Torah. The king has to learn that he may be king, but he is subservient to God. God is the ultimate king. And that's what it said earlier, And then the Torah added, In order that he not be haughty, more haughty than his brethren. And that, of course, he not deviate right or left. In order that his kingship be established permanently, the book of the Bible that's dedicated to this whole issue of kingship, of course, is the book of Shmuel. One Samuel, two Samuel, it's really one book. And that's the primary topic of the book is kingship. And it's interesting in the book of Shmuel, that the book of Shmuel plays with these two ideas of one that God has chosen, and you must appoint the king from amongst your brethren. And what it picks up on is what the Torah says over here. You write the Torah, the king has to write the Torah and carry it with him, and read it, not just write it, but read it, for two reasons. Fear of God is one, but the second is, he not be more holy than his brethren. And the way the book of Shmuel, I believe, understands this is, the king has to understand what his role is. His role is to reflect God's values. His role is to implement God's values. That's one job of the king. But the second thing the king has to understand at all points is, the king is a servant of the people. The king doesn't come, become before the people. The king serves the people. The king serves God and serves the people. He's an instrument that God uses to serve God's people. If the king remembers this, says the Torah, his kingship will last. If the king forgets this, what it means to be king, his kingship will fail. So the book of Shmuel plays with this in very interesting ways, but the kernel of it already is found in this parsha. The vilti rum vilti Not to deviate right or left. God's Torah is central. But also, remember who you are, a servant of the people.